Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Super Talk Eagle Hour full show today. Joy Lee McNellis is going to be joining us from the state of Virginia a little later in the show. Patrick McGee from down in New Orleans, and we're about to introduce a real friend of the show. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, and we're broadcasting from the Southern Bank Course Studios in Hattiesburg. And Laurel, we're very proud of a lot of the friendships we've made through the years on the Eagle Hour. But high on that list is a former Southern Miss and North Carolina head football coach, Larry Fedora, who has been on our show numerous times. And we're happy to say he's back on the show today. Happy New Year, Coach Fedora, and thank you for coming back on the program. Man, I am fired up to be here, and uh, Happy New Year to you guys. So you bagged a 10-point this weekend, huh? I did. Well, not this weekend, during the week. I mean, okay. I, you know, I can go hunting during the week now. I don't have to wait till the weekend. <laughs> Every day's the weekend for me. There we go. God, that sounds good. And uh, why the heck would he ever want to get you. back into this mess right. of college football now? Yeah. Right? And, Coach, that's the reason we wanted to call you today. We want to get your uh, – we'd like to take get your take on the controversy that surrounded the national playoffs, your thoughts about the upcoming game, and uh, – I'm gonna just go ahead and give us that first, and then I'll I'll get to the second question. But what did you think about the controversy surrounding Florida State, and what do you think now about the way things are playing out? Well, I think I think anytime you've got a you know four team playoff, I mean it's it's somebody's going to get left out, and and we all know that that probably Florida State and Georgia were, were both deserving to all be in the playoffs. They were, that both of them were. And it's unfortunate the way Florida State's season played out at the end, uh, you know, especially with the quarterback going down. And, and uh, But they overcame it, and it's a shame it, it happened the way it did. But, uh, you know, somebody's going to get left out. And, and uh, they and Georgia both got left out, and it is what it is. And uh, yeah. I think, uh, you know, you saw both games this uh, past weekend and, or, or Monday night, and, and both of them were great games. I mean, they both came down to the very last play of the game. So, I'm sure the committee feels like they, they probably did a pretty good job. Is Michigan the best football team in the country this year, Coach? I tell you what, you know, the, the few times that I've seen them and then the way they played against Alabama, I mean, they are a complete team. I would say, you know, they, they've got to get their special teams straightened out. I mean, they had some problems against Alabama with the special teams, but they get that straightened out. I mean, they're, they're dominant on defense. Uh, they can do enough offensively to, to uh, win games and, and – they're pretty dang good from top to bottom, you know. Now, I will say, Michael Penix, that guy's pretty special. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, they're pretty special. Washington can score some points. You know, it's going to be whether or not uh, Washington's defense can hold up, I think. 
All right, I know the guys have things they want to get to you about, but I want to ask you this real quick. We, Kelly and I were kind of picking at you. We see your name pop up all the time on Eagle Post. If somebody needs to call Larry Fedora, blah, blah, blah. Coach, you've expressed to us that with the NIL deals and uh, the transfer portal is totally out of control as it is, you have no interest in coaching in college football. Yeah, you know, I really don't, and, and it's a shame because I, I love the sport. Uh, it's been my life. You know, uh, I spent 37, 38 years doing it and, uh, you know, got into it for a certain reason, and that was to help develop young men into full-grown men and be productive in society. And, and I, I think the game has gotten away from that, you know, and, and now it's all about money. That's all it is. And so, you know, until they find a way to reel this thing back, which I think they're going to have a hard time doing, you know, it's uh, to me it's just a train wreck. And, and right now – you know, I mean, I'm not against these players, you know, making some money. I'm not. But, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of cases out there where you've got uh, numerous players making more money than anybody else on campus. I mean, it, right. I mean including the chancellors. So, it's, uh, you know, it's kind of crazy and I, it's out of control right now. Coach, if you ever did want to get back into football, and I don't know that we've ever asked you this, you're obviously articulate. You, you've coached at the at – the, you know, the highest level. I know your wife thinks you're pretty decent looking. I mean, have, <laughs> she's the only one. <laughs> have Have you ever been approached by any of the the networks about maybe doing some analyst work, and and would that interest you at all? You know, I, I have, uh, and when when those approaches came, it would just the timing wasn't right, you know. And so I don't know. I, it would be something that I would consider, you know. I. I, I I'm enjoying what I'm doing right now. I can tell you that, and so it would uh, it would have to be a pretty good situation for me to change. Yeah, but now that the deer in Texas know that you've got time on your hands, I think they're all, they're fleeing as we speak. So there may may not be many left out there, Luke. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, there's plenty of deer. <laughs> yeah, especially in Texas. Especially in Texas. Coach, uh, I, was, I was talking to you off air. One of your former offensive linemen, Jonathan Gary, he was reliving with me today his recruiting story. He said that when you offered him out of New Hope High School, um, you put a jersey with his number on the coffee table. You had the uh, the Conference USA Championships from Southern Miss, and you told him, you said, uh, other schools want you. We need you at Southern Miss. And and I ask you that. Uh, you you had some great recruiting classes. Back to what Bob asked you. I mean, with, within the coaching fraternity, how have guys had to change their recruiting philosophy now? Yeah, you couldn't do that now. And, 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 you know, back then we were trying to recruit against as many of the big boys as possible. And so, yeah, they were they were wanted by those schools, but you know we we needed them. We needed them to be great, and uh, and we got a lot of those kids. I, you know, Will Will can't do that nowadays. I mean, Will's you know you get it's it's strictly about nil money. I mean, I, I would imagine Will's got to raise about a million to a million and a half to be you know to have a to have a, a chance of holding on to his guys and 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 you know, just producing more guys because I think what's happened is the the group of five schools now have have become they're kind of a farm system for the power five, you know. And as soon as they develop a player, you know, I mean, then that player's jumping in the portal and going to the power five because he's making good money. You, you, you can't blame the kid. It's just the way the system works now. You know, you got a lot less high school players being recruited by your power five schools because they're taking transfers. So your your group of five schools are getting better players, therefore, and then they're, they're those guys are you know developing and they're getting better, and then they're off to back to the power five when they make money. 
And we and we heard the uh, you know the the counter argument to that. Well, coaches have always been doing that. Coaches have always you know been getting getting bigger contracts. I mean, is that is that a really fair argument uh, for for it for college football to turn into like the Wild West and free agency though? I don't know if that's a fair argument or not. That's the argument that everybody makes. Uh, I do think that if you you know you go back and look at coaches' contracts, first of all, they have contracts. All right, and then second of all, there are there are buyouts in those contracts that they have to pay if they leave, you know. So the school is receiving something in return. Uh, you know, right now you have nothing. You have total free agency every single year. You have uh, the transfer portal opening up during team seasons. I mean, it's I don't you know coaches uh, they have no way of managing their roster right now. It's uh, believe me, it's a major headache for them. Coach Fedora, you, you shared the same position at one time, you know, different at different times, of course, than Todd Munkin did. You were both OCs at Oklahoma State. You were both head coaches at Southern Miss. Coach Munkin has gone on to win two natties at Georgia. The Ravens, where he's the offensive coordinator now in the NFL, they, in my opinion, they're the team to beat in the NFL. This guy is really quite a coach, isn't he? Oh, there's no doubt. Munkin can coach now. He can coach him up, and he's he's been doing that for many, many years. I mean, he's a good football coach. Obviously, the job he did there at Southern Miss and getting that thing back turned around, you know, and it just as unfortunate, he had an opportunity to go to the NFL, and, and he did, you know. And so, I mean, uh, you you can't take anything away from what he does. He's a hell of a football coach. Yeah. And I, I would think he'd be on a lot of lists for an NFL opening, uh, any head coaching positions. You know, the way that uh, the way those 32 teams work, I'm sure that he will be. I, I don't think there's any doubt that we will see him be a head coach in the NFL pretty soon. All right, Coach, we've got a minute left. Break down the national championship game for us Monday night. What do you look for, and uh, are you ready to pick a winner? Well, I, you know, I don't know if I can pick a winner, um, but I can tell you this, Michigan's really good from top to bottom. Now, they'll, they'll get their special team straightened out this week, I'm sure. I mean, if you watch – if you watch the amount of uh, sacks that they had on Alabama, especially in the first half, I mean, they just dominated the front. And if they do that, they're going to make it very difficult for Washington. But I will say, again, Michael Penix, is, he's, he's pretty special. I mean, yeah. how he didn't win the Heisman, I have no idea. I mean, the LSU could have won. Well, they could have been. They could have won eight and won eight games without uh, their quarterback. But I can promise you. You know, Washington would not have been undefeated without Michael Penix. No, no, there's really no question. And Coach, real- I think your dog uh, just spotted another 10-point out back. <laughs> yeah, he might have. Yeah, he, he, he hunts with me, actually. Hey, Coach, always a pleasure having you on the show, and uh, we're really grateful that you're always willing to come on when we reach out to you. And uh, Happy New Year to you. And if you do decide to come back to Southern Miss, let us know first. Can you do that, Coach? I will do that. I will do that. And listen, I, I hope you guys can get college football straightened out soon. I mean, it's always been, you know, I mean, arguably the, the greatest sport in our country. And, uh, you know, I hate to see it in the shape that it is right now. No question, Coach. Thank you, Coach. And a Happy New Year to you and your family. All right, guys. Y'all take care. All right. Coach Larry Fedora, everybody. And he doesn't need any introduction. Well, when, when you're tight like we are with him, we just call him L-Fed. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, we call Joy Lee McNellis Coach McNellis. Sometimes we call her Joy Lee, but we're scheduled to talk to her next.
You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. All right, this segment of the show is sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. Miss Kathleen down there on Hardy Street opens seven days a week. Be sure to tell her her buddies on the Eagle Hour said hello, one of our favorite people. And speaking of that, here's another one on the show today. Joy Lee McNellis, head basketball coach, coming to us from Norfolk, Virginia, as the Lady Eagles get ready to take on Old Dominion tomorrow afternoon. All right, Coach, thanks for uh, – I know you guys are leaving for practice here soon, but thanks for the time. Uh, start out 7-0, and beat nationally ranked Ole Miss, which just was a tremendous afternoon. Since then, uh, you've lost five. And what is the difference, Coach? What's what's happened between the first seven and the second five? Right. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing is now in the month of December playing at Memphis, Cleveland State, and then playing Florida Gulf Coast. Those three teams are very different teams. And I think the game we should have won was the game at Memphis. Playing Cleveland State and Florida Gulf Coast, there's a mid-major poll, and they were ahead of us. The things that where our, our defense is awful right now, let's just tell the truth, okay? It's awful. We have struggled to defend teams that can drive it and shoot it. Like Ole Miss, they are not great shooters. So we're able to play off of them. We're able to defend them. And when we played teams like Cleveland State, where they play five out, Florida Gulf Coast plays five out, it is a struggle for us to be able to guard both. And, again, that's what happened at Marshall. They shot the cover off of it, the highest percentage they shot from three-point range all year. You know, then we go to Coastal, and there are two players on their team that has not made a three all year. We're playing them for the drive. Bingo. They step up and make three balls. And that's been our issue. Um, You know, I like to press. We've been able to press limited because of creating rotations to be able to get to shooters. Um, And that's been the deal, to be very honest with you. Mm -hmm. We have got to get better and be tougher. I just, I'm really disappointed in our toughness. I think that's been the challenge, is that aspect of it. Right. Luke, this is what you said yesterday, and this is what you said Coach would say. Defense. Yeah, Coach, yeah, we were Luke, just looking at you were right. <laughs> I hate to be right and when it's when it's like that, but yeah, we're just looking at the, the points given up. But one thing that jumped out to me against Coastal was you got out rebounded like big time. You know, you, yeah, um, your ladies 25. had less than yeah, less than thirty rebounds. There's a specific reason for that because I mean you did out rebound Marshall, yeah. but I mean the other yeah. night what was yeah. it? I mean, Coastal out-rebound is 41-25, and they had double offensive rebounds than what we had. And so, you're right. And that was extremely frustrating, I will tell you. It was because we feel like, and my philosophy is, if you limit second-chance points, that means giving up offensive rebounds. And you control the overall class. I think when you go on the road, you've got to out-rebound people by 10. At home, you've got to at least out-rebound people by 5. And then defensively, you got to do your dying job to keep them sh- – I mean, we were holding opponents, you know, to 68, to 65, and now we give up 80-something, 90-something points. Yeah. Um, we've just got to – you know, we've had talks. We've had meetings with our players individual meetings and 
So we've tried to talk through some stuff defensively. Um, you know, we've penalized them more defensively, trying to just to get them mentally back on track that defense and rebounds going to win for you. Yep. Offense will come, but defense and rebounds got to win for you. Let me ask you about two players specifically. Morgan Siepert started off so hot, been held a little bit, and you know she's she's trying to get through her first season. And then, but but talk also about Brakela Gray. How excited you are for her to be back on the court after missing all of last year? You know she's just solid as a rock, um, Brakela. You know she brings that level of intensity. She's just tough. When you talk about toughness, that's what you think about. Uh, is Brakela Gray. Um, you know, she won't, she's going to defend, you know, because we've had to play her at different positions, sometimes she doesn't rebound as well as we would like her to. But I'm going to tell you, she's a game changer for us. If we would have had her on our team last year, I think we would have won at least four more games. You know, having her on the team this year is a difference maker. And I'll be honest with you, Brakela's that young lady. She's frustrated defensively of how we're playing. Um, and I actually had a talk with her yesterday on our bus trip uh, coming from Coastal, headed down this way, the importance of defending. You know, and, you know, she says, Coach, I'm just as frustrated as you are. And, you know, she's that kind of kid that will take ownership, will take accountability, will take responsibility. Uh, and that's what I think makes her special. Morgan Seeper. Yes, she started off hot because she was a no-name. No one knew who she was. And now you've got people that's not leaving her. You know, we were watching the Coastal game, and here they're shaded to Morgan, and they're totally face-guarding Dom. And that's what's happened. So three other players have got to do their job. And so they do their job. Now they're going to have to help off Morgan. And, you know, we're trying to run her off flares. They're doing a great job coming off flares. You know, and, you know, we're playing her now solid at the four because we feel like the four players have struggled in getting out and guarding. But the teams that we have played thus far is their four players are all four guards. And so that's a game changer. That's just different. And so I just think that's why Seeper has really cooled off. Coach McNellis, you've, you've mentioned in the past that the toughest thing for young athletes coming from the high school level to the D1 level is their inability to play defense uh, because it wasn't really coached that well Correct. at the high school Correct, level. Kelly. So with so with that being said, why why and I, and this is speculative on your part, but why aren't high school coaches teaching a better style of defense if their job is to help these young women get to the next level? I just I, I just don't I think people co- I mean focus so much offensively. And a lot of coaches play zone because a lot of high school kids can't shoot the ball very well. And so I think that is the biggest thing. And they can play zone and win games because you can get rebounds, miss shots, and go the other end of the floor. Um, and I will tell you, defensively, you I mean, it is something that, like help the helper, that was one of the things Brickayla uh, Gray said yesterday. Coach, I think one of our issues is help the helper. So when the help side defense helps over the last drop that you have to make on the rotation, we miss that drop. We miss that drop. Even with our players that's been with us, and we have to drill that to be able to get in there to make that happen. 
Now, now you mentioned in this interview as well that that the team's overall toughness you're a little bit concerned about, but I'm I'm concerned that you're basing your assessment on how tough you are with some of the things that's look and, and and us guys have even talked about what a tough old bird you are you know from some of the things that you've had to go through but, i didn't call you an old bird i coach. didn't call that's you an kelly. old bird either coach that's kelly call me an old bird that's okay y'all call me an old no bird. that's and that's that's a term of endearment in my in my opinion but but this the new age athlete is one of what i wanted to ask you about right. overall are, I mean, the game stays the same. Athletes, I think, are as athletic as they used to be. But generally speaking, are kids as tough as they used to be? No. No, they're not. No, they're not. That they're didn't not. take you long to answer that one. <laughs> no, that was pretty no, emphatic. No, 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 no. I mean, soft. Players are soft. You can't challenge them the way you would challenge before. You know, they are. Um you know, we have a couple on our team that would knock somebody's head off. <laughs> but I will tell you, 11 of them won't. You know, you guys noticed the, the Lady Mustang, Berkayla Gray, is one of those that she said. That's right. right. From West Jones, of course. Exactly right. I'm guessing the go. other one Promo is Dom Davis. Jones. I'm guessing the other one is Dom Davis. Correct. Yeah, Correct. we were watching a game earlier this year, and I forget who you were playing. And it was a team from up north, and – they got to struggling, and they threw Dom to the floor, and they kind of y'all yawed a little bit. And my wife looked at me and said, that kid has no idea that she's fooling with a Louisiana girl. I'd leave her alone. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, Coach, Old Dominion, real quick, got about 45 seconds. What do you look for there? Well, you know, they're very athletic. They're the first team that we will play that will play two straight-up post players. Um, last night they lost to Louisiana Lafayette at the buzzer, and uh, and that's been really tough. It's been really tough. Um, that's a tough loss for them. However, I really believe that um, they're going to be angrier than ever because that's a game they shouldn't lost. They lost that game at home. But they're a very good basketball team. They're very athletic. I think, personally, they're the toughest team in the league. Mm. And so that's going to be a real challenge for us. Well, we wish you nothing but the best of luck, Coach. You know we love you on this show, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you again soon. Okay. Thank you, guys. Y'all have a happy new year. All right. Thank you. She's a young bird. Young bird. Joy Lee McDellis. There's only one of her. Young Golden Eagle. Yeah. Old bird. Is that tough, what she tough old bird. Well, what does she see shooting at? You know, as long as she doesn't send Dom Davis on him. <laughs> we'll be right back. Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, Four Street Barn Grill sponsors this segment of our program. We appreciate all they do and encourage you to go down there this weekend, catch a big game, and uh, enjoy some good food and camaraderie at Fourth Street Barn Grill. Also, Genesis of Hattiesburg, the official auto dealer of the Eagle Hour. Genesis sedans and SUVs are the finest on the road, and coming now very soon, the all-new Genesis showroom. 
Highway 98 West in Hattiesburg. I want to thank Joy Lee McDellis for joining us uh, from Norfolk, Virginia, and Larry Fedora from Central Texas. And now we go down to New Orleans. And uh, first of all, we want to say a belated happy birthday to the Professor Patrick McGee. Birthday yesterday, correct, Patrick? Yeah, I work on it. Kind of keep the cell. You know how in New Orleans you don't stop the celebration on one day. You keep it going. We're going to go to the Pelicans game tonight, and then we're going to do brunch on Saturday morning. Yeah, we're, we're doing it right. In New Orleans, it's always best to keep on, keep moving because that's the way Lincoln yeah. got it, right? Yeah. Is sitting still. Right, right. <laughs> what, hey, what what brunch spot in Uptown? Are you going Uptown? Yeah, someplace I've never. It's actually in the Garden District, uh, Beggars Banquet. I've never been. Ooh, so ooh, ooh. Try wow, now. man! Well, Patrick's living a good life. Down How there. old, Patrick? I, I turned forty-five. Oh, you're a pup. You're young. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Patrick. Uh, here's the question of the day. The Luke's New Orleans Saints make the playoffs. Uh, I would lean towards no. Uh, you know, I think I told you before we went on air. I give the Saints about one in three shot uh, to getting in, and that's not bad. Uh, there's the two scenarios: uh, the Saints coming to NFC South by beating uh, the Falcons, and then the uh, but the Buccaneers would have to lose to the Panthers, and that seems unlikely. Uh, but there's also the, the the chance that the Saints could get the wild card, which actually I think has a slightly better chance of happening. Uh, the Saints obviously have to win, and they need the uh, Cardinals to beat the Seahawks, and they need the Bears to beat the Packers. So, uh, you know, it's, it, it can happen, but, you know, it's it's I, w- I would lean no at this point. Yeah, I might get a date with Julia Roberts, too. Yeah, I'm, I mean. I'm thinking the Cardinals <laughs> don't beat the Seahawks. Right. But that's just uh, that's just my opinion. So, yeah, I mean, the Cardinals pulled off an upset. Well, they did. And, and, yeah. the so Bear, they, and the Bears right now are, I think, playing pretty well. And, yeah. the, and the Cardinals right. beat the Steelers earlier this year, too. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Patrick, here's question number two from me. Has the new quarterback for the Saints been a success – or a flop? Well, I, I, I think it's a little bit somewhere in between. Uh, he has played fairly well, I think, late in the season. Now, I think kind of reading between the lines, it sounds like Carr is finally moving towards being healthy. He took a lot, a lot of really hard hits this season, and they weren't as, all that productive as an offense early on in the season, but I thought Carr looked okay, uh, you know, hitting some deep passes and kind of coming through in the clutch. Uh, the first two wins of the season. But whenever he took that hit against Green Bay and had to leave the game, uh, that's whenever he see, saw him just not quite uh, be the consistent guy uh, that they need there at quarterback. So he had kind of – there were different stages to the season, and I think the last two or three weeks he has played well. Uh, but, no, I mean, he, he's not what they needed. I told Luke last week we just need they just needed uh, uh, Derek Carr to be better than Andy Dalton from a year ago, and he, he's he's maybe only marginally been better. Uh, so yeah, I mean, he just hasn't been quite what they need. This, you know, they need to win ten games to to win the division. I kind of predicted a ten seventeen. Uh, you know, looking at probably a nine and eight nine and eight season. So the, the margin for error is very small in this uh, in the mm. NFL, and it's that's just it. It just hasn't hasn't quite been good enough. Luke, this is not good news for you. One in three chances of uh, the Saints making the playoffs. We were joking last week about basically Derek Carr being a more expensive Andy Dalton. He has thrown for 800 more yards this season, but only three more touchdowns, one less interception. And, you know, we were joking last week about Andy Dalton and Kelly as a former Bengals player. Andy Dalton, or uh, as, as a Bengals fan, he was a former Bengals quarterback. Right. Andy Dalton is like one of the most not respected – like he's one of those guys you always knew what you were going to get. And you could, you know, like live with it. And 
it just seems as if the Saints, you know, spent spent um, you know a lot of money on on this. Patrick Camara, uh, though, I didn't did I read this wrong? He went over ten thousand yards from scrimmage in the last week. Yeah, I believe that's right. Uh, he's he's his mark. I, whether he plays this week is kind of up in the air at the moment. You think? Uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, right. Honestly, I was out yesterday on my birthday. I didn't check in see where things stood for him. Uh, but it, well, he was out of practice on Wednesday. So, I mean, they have to go for broke this week. Do you, do you feel like? Okay, do you answer this in a couple ways? Do you think the players mm-hmm. really feel like they're going to go for broke? Do you? The fans obviously probably wouldn't care whether people went for broke this weekend and tried to beat. Uh, right. No, I, I I think what you saw last week against Tampa, I think you'll see a motivated team uh, back out there. Dennis Allen kind of challenged their toughness, made them go out there in pads last week, and they kind of responded. So I think we'll see a much better Saints team uh, in this Falcons game than we saw previously. But fan base? Fan base? I mean, they're in, a lot of those guys are indifferent, you know. Uh, they're just as happy to see the Saints lose and move up in the draft pick. I mean, they just they really want to see a reboot across the board. I think everybody kind of expects them to move on from Pete Carmichael, uh, offensive coordinator this season. There's not going to be any drastic changes on the staff, um, but it's, it's just it, there's a lot of discontent, just unease where the te- where the franchise stands right now. Last question for me here: Do if something were to happen and Jaden Daniels would somehow be available, do you think they would trade up and make that happen? I don't know. From what I hear is they like Michael Penix. Um, that's well, I do too, but, I, you know. Yeah. No, I'm talking about the Saints. The Saints do like Michael Penix from what I've yeah. heard. Uh, so I, I think maybe if Penix is back there, uh, if they think that he can, they can get him around that point of the draft, I'm not saying they're going to draft even going to draft quarterback. Uh, but they might actually be happy staying with that because they think Penix would, would come back to them. All right, let's let's. So if the one and three shot is what you give them, Patrick, which obviously means two thirds that they won't. All right, you you think that the coaching staff is other than Carmichael safe? All right, so then what has to happen? What get, let's get ahead of the curve draft wise. Who are the main free agent losses that the Saints are going to suffer, and do they try to you know fill some of those and and uh, so on? Well, I mean, I don't expect Michael Thomas to be around uh, next year. I, d- I don't see why they would go back and invest in him. Uh, he kind of created another little bit of a fuss late in the season. He's never been the easiest guy to have on the team. Uh, I would expect they move on from him and try to find a young receiver or somebody they can get maybe somewhat young in free agency. Uh, I don't see any drastic changes, to be honest, personnel-wise on this team. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot of the same characters. I think we'll see pretty significant changes on the offensive line. Um, that's one area I do see changes coming, but they kind of addressed the interior, the defensive line, some other areas, as long as Mario Davis decides to come back, uh, you know, at 34 years old, still playing a high level, uh, you know, we'll see, but I, I, I don't see drastic personnel changes. I think that's where a lot of Saints fans are, are anxious, you know, to see a youth movement, but, uh, going into next year, I don't see anything drastic. Uh, they just have to really hit it out of the park in the draft. Well, if, if that indeed turns out to be the case, and not that this has ever been a problem, but wouldn't that make for a tougher season ticket sell next year? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think everybody's kind of acknowledging, you know, this is, you know, this was a big year uh, to to get into the playoffs and try to make some noise, and they're they're just, you know, they've just been that mediocre squad uh, throughout. So yeah, it it, it will be. Uh, it's going to be a tough off season if this team, you know, doesn't. It just kind of doesn't have 
some luck go their way this week and potentially in the weeks ahead. I, you know, it, it's going to be tough. But but you're absolutely convinced that Dennis Allen's safe. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think he's going anywhere. Really? So he'll come back. No, yeah, I, I no Todd Monk into New Orleans. Is that what we're hearing, Patrick? Todd Monk is right. not coming to New Orleans. Yeah, I, I don't think he's going to be the next offense coordinator. <laughs> okay. No, I don't. I don't expect Todd Monk to end up in New Orleans. All right, Patrick, you do this for a living. We got about ninety seconds left. I want you to play out the NFL playoffs in your mind, and who do you think, when it's all settled, we see in the championship games? I think this is the year that this is Baltimore's year. Uh, I mean, you just saw what they did to the 49ers, uh, and Lamar has really just owned the. If, if they get into the Super Bowl, he has owned the NFC throughout his career. I think it's what twenty and one, or something along twenty and three, something like that, against the NFC teams. Uh, it's you know, they just they look too good right now not to be that team. They beat the heck out of the Dolphins. And on the NFC side, uh, the Eagles haven't been great late. Uh, I still think the 49ers probably get in. And that they will lose to the Ravens. Again. I think that's a. I, I wouldn't have any argument with that. San Francisco and Baltimore in the Super Bowl. Great, absolutely great Super Bowl. Yeah. The, the most important question, though, guys, I've looked up the menu at Beggar's Banquet for the breakfast brunch. Oh, here okay? we go. All right. <laughs> Grilled banana bread is a starter with maple bacon butter. Um, stuffed French toast, banana mm. Foster's French toast. Heck, oh, they man. actually have boneless short ribs oh. with eggs and an English muffin, or two eggs, a grilled hanger steak, hash browns, and a buttermilk biscuit. Patrick, you got a lot of choices. And that's just the appetizers. <laughs> my, my, my blood pressure is just going to go yeah. through. <laughs> Would you like for the three of us to join you and your uh, lady friend for brunch Sunday, Patrick? Just give us the word. Well, we've got a table late. I don't know if we could add uh, three more. That would be tough to do. I think we just got told no, guys. That's what I thought. <laughs> Happy birthday. Happy birthday, right. Professor. Thanks, guys. We'll talk Thanks, to you guys. next week. Happy pa- New Year. Bye-bye. Patrick McGee, everybody, from NOLA.com. Like, you know, we just had a show full of friends today. Yeah, we? like that's the first time we've ever been told not to show up. Correct. What a great show. Larry Fedora, Joy Lee McDellis, Patrick McGee. It's the Ego Hour, baby. Man, we got And we got to talk men's basketball. We got oh, the yeah. win last yeah, night. Yeah, we, we, we hadn't forgotten about basketball. That's coming up next. New Orleans Saints taking on the Atlanta Falcons Sunday at 12. Maybe it'll be on CBS. I've had some issues sometimes getting some uh, Saints fans. No, tomorrow. Sunday. 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 Yeah, Todd Munkin's playing tomorrow. The uh, Baltimore playing the Steelers. Kelly's matchup. Anyway. Great show today. Go back and check it out on demand if you missed it. Larry Fedora, Joy Lee McNellis, Patrick McGee from NOLA.com. Luke, Bob, and Kelly from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Southern Miss basketball. Yay. Evens it up. Yeah. Get, a, get their first Sun Belt win of the season last night. Uh, Georgia State and Southern Miss traded leads uh, in the first few minutes of the game. Then the Eagles 
got the lead, never looked back. Uh, Georgia State put on uh, put on a comeback down the stretch. Eagles held them off. They win 79-73, the first triple-double. And, guys, you should have seen Andre Curbelo and uh, and Austin Crowley in, in, the, uh, in the press conference yeah. after the yeah. game when they found out that Jay Ladner was in high school the last time there had been a triple-double. Crowley's expression was priceless, and he said – Please don't show my expression on television. It was hilarious. But Carbello last night, this is uh, the line for him in 29 minutes, 13 points, 10 rebounds, 11 assists. Crowley leads the way with 25 points. Awako and Victor Hart both with 10 points each. Golden Eagles needed that win last night. Yeah, and let me say this real quick about uh, about. Cabello. I watched his interview last night on the post game of the ESPN Plus broadcast. The kid's very well spoken, handled himself very, very well. And uh, I think watching that interview, I became a fan of his last night. He conducted himself with, I thought, a lot of dignity. And maybe Crowley heard what we had to say yesterday and took it personally. I don't know. But, man, he had him a game last night. It was the best game of the year. And, and I'm telling you, that Panther team, that Georgia State team, good. quick, Fast, athletic, big, tough. Yeah, man, they're gonna they're gonna win some basketball games. So that would that was a big one, uh, yeah. you know, last night. And and even though you know the Eagles for most of the night maintained about a double digit, you know, ten or eleven point lead, Panthers are made it made it close late. But look, tomorrow now yeah. there's no rest for the weary and the best team in the league right. and ranked among the nation's best. People always talk about, oh, I'm not going to go, you know, I, I don't go to Southern Miss basketball games because there aren't any good teams that come in here. Well, guess what? That's a good one. Uh, look, I th- I, I'm happy about the win last night. Don't misunderstand. But I, I'd like to see Victor Hart more involved, get get the ball a little bit more to him. And, and Kelly and I have been high all year on Montgomery, and we think he's just a great player. Uh, you can't have two players carry you all year, but would you agree Victor Hart can play a big role down the stretch? And, yeah, and we believe started. Montgomery. He started, but he got in foul trouble. He ended up fouling out. Uh, Ten points, six rebounds, and uh, and two assists. He played well, but he got in foul trouble early. He only played 20 minutes. So you know, that was really the key for him last night. Kobe played 18 minutes, scored seven points. Um, the big stat for me, because we knew it going in, Georgia State shot 25% behind the three-point line. So that, that was big. Um, for the Eagles to, to hold that. The rebounding was about the same. Uh, Eagles got rebounded 43-42. to 42. Um, And Georgia State had four guys in, in double figures, um, which, you know, if you look at that offensively, you would say, okay, they spread the ball around a lot. Could have been, the you know, the Eagles actually, you know, defended better, and so the same guys were getting open shots. But what I'm thankful for is this is the type of line you you can't do a you know get a triple double if you get a couple uh, once a season it's great but this is the type of line that Curbelo needs to have in order for the Golden Eagles to be successful scoring when he can he took a lot of shots last night but really working the ball and and Crowley being the beneficiary and and whenever the needed a big play it was your guy Bob Mo Arnold that came through I love Mo Arnold with a big like three point shot or something like that it seemed like to me whenever the tide was turning. Mo Arnold got the Eagles back yeah, on track. You don't, you don't want to see now, now that Cabello's back. You don't want to see Mo get lost in the shuffle. And he didn't play as much last night as he has in some games. But when he was on the floor, he was more. Played twenty seven minutes. He played. Yeah. Uh, he and Awako 
We're third in minutes behind Curbelo and Crowley. So, you know, yeah. I think that that's key going forward. Yeah. Hey, guys, about a minute left. Uh, when we wrap up here, I'm going to walk across the street to First Baptist Laurel. One of my childhood baseball coaches uh, celebrating his life today, Leonard Bu- Bubba Busby, um, was a defensive back for Southern Miss, a two-year letterman in 78 and 79. And uh, he passed away, um, had, a, had a stroke last year, and, and uh, but passed away um, in, the, in the last week. Coach Bauer is a pallbearer. Um, today and uh, so anyway that guy meant a lot to me uh, a, a great southern miss uh, golden eagle and uh, poured back into his community into his church and, and to the university of circle of champions member and uh, we're gonna honor his life a lot of the lessons that i learned in sports i learned from bubba busby growing up at the baseball fields here in laurel yeah well said and uh, our condolences to his family and uh, and on the video boards there luke his name is at the at the bottom of them yeah, he was. He had U.S. Outdoor for a long time, and uh, Busby Enterprises. They made a lot of the LED LED boards that uh, that you yeah. see in ar- around the country. So, uh, a salute. Anytime we uh, we lose a guy too soon, and especially somebody pours into your life, but pours into the university, we want to remember him and his family today. Bubba Busby passing away um, just this past week at age sixty-five. All right, that wraps us up for this week. Luke's going to be out for a while. Kelly and I'll be around, and we may grab Luke by the collar or something and bring him in from time PhD to time. PhD comp's coming up, guys. It's about Here to get real. All right. Good luck to you, brother. Appreciate it. All right, that wraps up this week. We'll be back Monday. We hope you'll join us. And as always, we thank you for tuning in. Southern Miss to, to the, the top. top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.